everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lennon. And this is Volume Up by The Tease. Whether you are fresh out of cosmetology school or looking for a change of pace in your current position, find a salon that you can call home. A place where you will feel as good walking into work as you do walking out of the salon. With competitive pay plans, flexible schedules, ongoing education, medical benefits, and a support system you can't find anywhere else, JCPenney Salon is the perfect opportunity for you. JCPenney Salon is looking for a stylist who is willing to take charge of their career, someone who is excited and ready for their future in the beauty industry. Apply to JCPenney Salon today at jobs.jcp.com or at the link in the show notes. JCPenney Salon is not your first or last job, it's your career. Looking to make an impact and strengthen the professional beauty industry? Hoping to make the industry thrive and grow for future generations? Join the Professional Beauty Association's 2023 Executive Summit on November 13th to 14th in Phoenix, Arizona. The PBA's mission is to provide exceptional experiences and a connected community to beauty professionals across the nation. At their 2023 Executive Summit, manufacturers, distributors, salon and spa owners, and industry leaders will come together to connect and collaborate. Connect with those in similar positions as you. Work with thought leaders to utilize consumer and salon insights, forecasting and visionary thought to unite, inspire, create change, and spark innovation. Head to probeauty.org slash executive summit or the link in the show notes to get your ticket while you still can. This is an event you simply don't want to miss. We're here another week. Here we go. Another week. We did it. Um, <laughs> big, big weekend for the tease. Yeah. We are recording on a Monday. This past weekend went crazy in LA. Mm-hmm. So we attended the Schwarzkopf Barbie X Blonde Me in Travel Style Salon. I think Barbie Core World Salon event is what it was called. Wild, wild activation. Incredibly colorful, as you can imagine, in Century City. Yes. Wow! Just I uh, saw the the grams, the reels, the the live coverage from you, and it was like Barbie overload. And I'm glad that you were there with your, you know, still slightly bleached blonde hair. Because <laughs> I was Ken Coring the hell out of it. I don't want you to go as Ken for Halloween, but I don't know if that's too far. I think I should. I no no no. <laughs> I don't think that it's too far. I mean, we're getting down to the wire. My costume's not really cooked fully Ooh, okay so i could very naturally i've got a lot of the component parts um <laughs> just lying around yeah i did have to be pulled back yeah just lying around um i was going to wear cowboy boots for the look yes because i wanted to reference ken mm-hmm. because of you know yeah but my wife was like it's too damn hot this weekend you can't wear cowboy boots okay she put the kibosh which in retrospect made a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we did meet up with some friends. Maggie, who's been on this very podcast, was there. Yeah. Among a fleet of other artistic team members from the Schwarzkopf team. Um, it was so much fun connecting with everybody. And yeah, that it was just so much pink. Like uh, just pink. Pink. Top line. Pink. Wild. And then hard pivot to our social media editor. Wow. Transformation look. Tell our listeners about that if they have not. Yes. For some reason, been following our socials. Yeah, oh yeah. And what are you doing if you're not? <laughs> um, there is a huge Mexican pop band called RBD, RBD in English, um, that has reunited after 15 years and is touring the world. They had done, I think, 30 shows in LA. I went to see them in San Jose, of course, in the Bay Area. Um, this inspired, uh, has inspired lots of people to do some transformations, including our very own Adriana Sarmiento, who decided that she wanted to look like Dulce in season one rebelde which is the show that the band is based off of so good and so she got an incredible transformation with the team at hair la with belen gomez whom is featured on the tease.com in a bunch of different articles we love belen um yeah they turned out this look and it got the attention of dulce maria one of the band members hairstylist who showed it to dulce who then insisted that our own adriana 
come on back to LA what? and see them, um, meet them backstage and get floor seats. So she went to the last show in the US before they go to South America and Mexico, uh, which is wild. Um, and yeah, there's going to be a lot of coverage on our social about that. So stay tuned. But a huge weekend. Huge weekend. I feel like we're everywhere. And that's the goal, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. On our last episode, we talked with Janine Jarman. Janine is a nationally renowned celebrity hairstylist and the founder of Heroin Salon, LA and NYC, the home of Hollywood and New York's best trust as we know it. Having naturally curly hair herself, she leaned into using perms to solve texture issues her clients were facing, but felt the need to reimagine the perm process, odor, and environmental impact. This led her to Italy, where she conjured up Curl Cult, delivering a simpler, healthier, more sustainable texturizing treatment with at-home curl support products, even natural curls will love. This was a good one. One of my favorites, actually, if I do say so. I know, this is dangerous. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. Do it. This week, we're talking with ePray founder, Eric Presley. Eric first discovered his talent for innovation while pursuing his PhD in material science, working on everything from developing life-saving pharmaceuticals to inventing the bond-building category in hair care. Now he has created ePray, the future of high-performance hair care. Powered by Presley's cutting-edge chemistry, ePray is dedicated to creating scientifically advanced hair care solutions in patented, professional-grade formulas that are easy to use, easier on the environment, and truly perform. Earlier this month, ePray celebrated its one-year anniversary and offered 15% off site-wide. And they're extending that offer exclusively to Volume Up listeners. That is right. For the next 48 hours, you can try ePray for 15% off using code, all caps, one word, Volume Up. This is a volume up first. Get into it. Again, 15% off of ePray using code volume up. Do it. Easy. One last rant we want to talk a little bit about is an interesting article that hit the Washington Post over the weekend. And it is titled, A Lake is Filled with Oil. Thousands donated their hair to help soak it up. How interesting, right? So Venezuela's crumbling oil industry has taken a toll on one of their lakes, uh, Lake Maracaibo one of the world's largest and oldest lakes. Um, it was once a symbol of the country's oil wealth, mm-hmm. but now the waters are coated with this iridescent oil, swirls of neon. I mean, you know, it. we've seen it, right? Yep. The devastating oil spills. And just to think now that like, you know, little has been done to clean up the lake, but now someone has stepped up to the table. Celine Estrach. She is a 28 year old, which cool. Love this environmental activist. And she's determined to find a way to help. It sounds like a crazy idea, but she essentially saw that Matter of Trust, a San Francisco-based nonprofit, had used human locks 22 years ago to soak up a spill off the coast of the Galapagos Islands. And she was like, wait a second, where is all the hair that's left over and salons going? Why don't we put this to use? I mean, Jeff, this is pretty... There's something here. Yeah. Especially in Venezuela. I mean, beauty capital of Latin America, for sure. So she founded Proyecto Sirena, which is Mermaid Project, which is kind of amazing. We associate mermaids with long flowing hair. Right. She's using that hair to soak up this oil. So, I mean, she's, it sounds like, receiving carfuls of donations um, and putting this to to good use. And, and we love to see this. So, I mean, we've talked a lot about hair waste on this very podcast yes we have um and the accumulation where does it go luckily there are groups that are doing things like Proyecto Sirena, as well as u.s-based groups and we want to see more of this so i mean kudos to her loved seeing 
the innovation, the thoughtfulness, um, you know, sort of circular thinking about yep. taking care of our, our planet. Um, and yeah, shout out to her. What an activist. Shout out to her. I mean, and just to end it up, if you're like, wait, how much does it really soak up? Her testing indicates that about two pounds of hair can soak up between 11 and 17 pounds of oil. Incredible. So I think I think she's on to something. So check it out. Speaking of checking things out, you got to go over to thetease.com. Our editorial team has been hard at work this week uncovering industry news, looking at trends and diving into brands that you don't know but should. And here are some of our favorite headlines. First up, the article, Five Lifestyle Barber Brands Blending Fashion and Function. A new wave of brands is taking over barber culture. Say goodbye to the days of white barber smocks and pinstripe capes. These five brands are shaking up the industry with products ranging from hair repellent tees, bold barber capes and sunglasses that barbers can rock in and out of the shop. Head to thetees.com to check out who is shaking up the market. I feel like this appeals to your very prosumer children that we've talked about on this very podcast. Uh Yes, indeed. Do you think that any of the brands here would pass (laughs) the drip test? (laughs) In the Ellers household. Yeah, I think there's a lot of drip to be had here. I mean, <laughs> faded culture, like perfect. Yeah. Very cool. Love all of it. I mean, I just think that I love that these barbers are like, wait a second, we're also uh, the utmost consumable consumer and we need some cool stuff in our salons, in our barbershops. So I love them all. Great article. Check it out. Yeah. Shout out to our contributor, Matthew Mendoza, for bringing this one to light. <laughs> Next up, celebrity hairstylist Justin Tobes Binsleoni shares the six fall hair trends you need to watch out for. With fall now in full swing, your clients are likely itching for a refresh. The good news is that there are so many exciting new trends taking the season by storm to help guide the next hair transformation. If you're curious which silhouettes and hues should be on your radar for the future salon appointments that you're sure to be getting, we've got you covered. The tease was lucky enough to connect with authentic beauty concept advocate and celebrity hairstylist Justin Tobes Binsleoni. To find out which hair colors, cuts, and styles are expected to be in high demand this fall, head to thetees.com for his top picks. Any of these trends calling out to you, Kelly, as you prep for your own hair transformation? (laughs) Yes. I mean, I love the golden apricot blonde. So good. I think there is something so sweet about just a little touch of that apricot. Oh, sweet. Look what you did. It's so warm and charming. And then I also love the geode hair, right? So good. So, I mean, we want our vivids to stick around and mm-hmm. how do we reinvent the category? What What's new? And then finally, what I'm absolutely, uh, totally against is color blocking because <laughs> <I've> been- <laughs> I was going to say that's my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> we have been there, done that. It's done. And, you know, different stripes, different stripes. Yep. <laughs> you color block away, my friend, but not here. <laughs> Noted. Noted. You know, you heard it on the spot. Yeah. Guys, she's not coming back with the color block from her for next appointment. Indeed, no. <laughs> All right. Last but certainly not least, we've got an article uh, from another contributor, which we're excited about. Uh, it's simply titled Brotop. Mm. In the dynamic landscape of the 2020s, one trend that has captured the spotlight is the surging popularity of Botox. As accessibility and acceptance grow, Brotox is becoming a buzzword among men like never before. The T sat down with Brotox pioneer Amir Morstazavi the CEO and founder of Vitalik Med Spa, delving into the world of male aesthetics, the Botox process and dispelling gender norms surrounding injectables. Head to tease.com to dive into the world of Brotox. So look, the title is a little clickbaity. Um, it's fun. Um, I like it. But I'm so excited to see guys embracing injectables. Uh, what did you think about this? You know, I think it's it's inevitable. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> what I think the category needs to... I mean, it's happening, right? Yeah. Um, it's been <laughs> talked about it at our house, but... 
it's a heck to the note. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, I do believe that med spas need to be more welcoming to men. Mm. I think it's an incredibly intimidating place to walk in with potentially no men uh, there or no men service providers. And so I'll be interested to see how that innovates from a service provider perspective. But hey, bro talks it out. Bro talks it out. I mean, that might be in my near future. I'm seriously considering some injectables. Yeah. So I'll report back about my experience. You know, there's no shame in my game. No, no shame. No shame. No, 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 no. Let's <laughs> let's make it clear. We're not no shame. I'm all about it. I'm pro Botox, Botox, whatever we got. I'm just saying in terms of inevitability. Yeah, it's here. It's arrived for me. Here we are. <laughs> As always, so much going on at Tease.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We are proud to publish the stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Ypres founder Eric Presley first discovered his talent for innovation while pursuing his PhD in material science, working on everything from developing life-saving pharmaceuticals to inventing the bond-building category in hair care. Woo! Now he's created Ypres, the future of high-performance hair care. Powered by Presley's cutting-edge chemistry, Ypres is dedicated to creating scientifically advanced hair care solutions in patented professional-grade formulas that are easy to use, easier on the environment, and truly perform. All right. So, Eric, I'm so excited to have you on the pod today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. Mm -hmm. We're going to get started, and we're going to take it all the way back. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Start from the beginning, if you will. The beginning? Yeah. I was born 41 (laughs) years ago last week. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, thank you. Um, And I, I grew up in the Midwest, so I grew up in Illinois. Um, I went to college in Illinois, and then I moved out to Santa Barbara for graduate school. And I found a beautiful place that I wanted to stay for a long time. So I've been in Santa Barbara for almost 20 years now. And, you know, this is kind of where I started my career. Yeah. So I went and uh, did a PhD in material science, which is like applied chemistry and physics. Okay. So, so, you know, a lot of, you know, you study and understand a lot of chemistry and physics, but you're looking at applications as opposed to fundamental science. So I have delved into fundamental science. All right. And then through that, I worked primarily on materials for biomedical applications. So I developed some nanoparticles for imaging heart disease in the body for my PhD. And I stayed Uh, at uh, UC Santa Barbara after that to kind of get those materials into clinical trials. Wow. And then along that adventure, uh, another colleague uh, of mine and I developed some biodegradable materials for pharmaceutical applications. And we started looking at spinning that company out of the university and doing a pharmaceutical company. And as I got involved in entrepreneurship, uh, I met some people in hair care okay. uh, that were looking at a variety of problems. And then I started in hair care as kind of, you know, you don't put all your eggs in one basket yep. kind of thing as I was doing a pharmaceutical company and started doing hair care work. Okay. And the hair care work obviously is why, why, you know, I'm interesting in this, in this space, but we, you know, we started working uh, on a variety of things and very quickly repairing hair turned out to be a very interesting space. And so, you know, that was 12 years ago, the early part of that. And that's kind of where bond building started. 
as real repair. So we were looking at real repair. Uh, that's what I was focused on um, and not just, you know, coatings and masks and stuff that wash out. Amazing. I mean, quite a background in history, right? Did you think you'd get into beauty? Was it ever a passion point of yours? Uh, it wasn't a passion point of mine, but it became very quickly a passion point of mine. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I looked at those other areas of research I was doing, and I did get my materials from my PhD into clinical trials. Wow. And they did some early imaging. Um, it's very complicated from a business standpoint to pull something like that out of the university and get a okay. get a whole um, thing going. But we did have clinical trials and you know, somebody got injected with stuff I made. We found heart disease and they were able to treat it. And wow. Similar to, you know, what I see a lot of scientists that developed COVID treatments and stuff mm-hmm. where they're not really getting like thanked. Fair. You know, so I did all this work, not really thanked. Uh, then I made some hair care products that made people's hair a bit better. And they were finding me on social media and telling me that I changed their lives. Yeah. And that was really pretty rewarding. And I was at a time where I was trying to think about where healthcare was going. I was mm-hmm. changing my my feeling on on what I wanted to work on. Okay. Because there's so much healthcare that's about prolonging life, mm-hmm. but not necessarily about improving the quality of life. Interesting. And so I wanted to, you know, work on improving the quality of life. That's amazing. And the beauty industry is is part of that. Yeah. No doubt. That's pretty cool. Um, and such a good point that all of the hardworking scientists behind the scenes usually aren't the ones in the forefront, right? Unfortunately. I mean, it's a complicated industry, no doubt, but lots of layers. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So we want to get into it. You know, you have really changed the entire beauty industry by creating and inventing the bond building category. Do you want to dive a little bit deeper into kind of where that initial idea started from an innovation perspective? One thing that was really shocking to me about the industry at the time when I came in was the formaldehyde wave had started. Okay. And there was a lot of misunderstanding on how that worked Mm -hmm. and stuff and that. And I wasn't meeting the scientists. I was meeting marketing people and they had everything wrong from my standpoint. So it, it led to going, oh, well... There's a lot of low-hanging fruit here, okay. though there has been a lot of scientists in the space that got me looking at repairing hair because wanted to compete with that formaldehyde yeah. stuff that I think should be off the market. And so through roundabout ways, we ended up you know, doing color and, and bleach and stuff, but it the goal was to get people better hair with safer chemicals. Okay. Yeah. That was quite a time, right? That all of the the blowout and formaldehyde. Mm-hmm. Like, why did we think that was a good idea? I mean, clearly we we don't think it's a good idea, but somebody did. <laughs> yeah, and it's still. I mean, it's still widely used. It's crazy, you know. It's getting banned in more and more places. So, uh, not here. Yeah, unfortunately. But I was just in uh, Asia a couple months ago for some launches, and those countries are banning formaldehyde, mm-hmm. and some European countries are. Um, but still a lot of Europe and, and North America is, is fine with it. Yeah, it's wild. So in the bond building and kind of that invention, how long was the process from ideation to actual product on shelves or product in hand? Um, I would say about two years. Okay. Probably for both my first company and and this company, the the newest company. 
Yeah. Great. So we're going to get to your newest company, ePray, a bit later. Um, but how have you seen, you know, over the last 10 years, this bond building category grow, knowing that it was your brainchild mm-hmm. um, and knowing that we're seeing a lot of growth in that category? What are your thoughts on that? Well, there's been a lot of bond building companies. Mm-hmm. And most of them have failed. So, you know, there's real technology that works and there's people that copycat and market, you know, in creative ways to try to suggest that they're, they're doing the same thing. And then the consumer over time sees that that's not really true. And so some of them mm. fade away and then the category continues to grow. So you have new ones that come in and try to do the same thing. Yeah. And so um, it, to me, it's interesting because the, the category has gotten a lot more interesting to to business people in the last three years, and there's newer brands, and the newer people in it don't realize that there's a hundred plus brands that have all died in the category. Fair, yeah, and are trying to do the same things that those brands did. So it's mm-hmm. it's interesting to see people like history repeat itself already yeah. in in the short period of time, and then you know there's been hiccups for the category to grow. You know, there's confusion because of these other brands. So there's a lot of confusion that needs to be mm-hmm. clarified. You know, it's, it's a very interesting category and in how it's how it's grown and changed yeah. over 10 years. Yeah, for sure. What, what type of innovation do you see in the category that's coming in the future beyond just new products, but even more so chemical-wise? Um, I'm hoping that to lead the way into cleaner chemicals and and safer chemicals. So a big part of what we're doing with the prey is uh, every ingredient that I'm using is biodegradable, which is very unique to the hair care space as a whole. I mean, I think that's where a lot of stuff can go. And hopefully we can show that you can have quality products and be green. Because I think that's the current state of the beauty industry is you can have quality ingredients or you can have green ingredients yeah. and they can be together. And I think that's, that's a future. I think there will be hopefully some new things that people can do that they haven't been able to do before. Amazing. Got it. Cause that would get people excited. That's awesome. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about ePray founded officially in 2022. Mm-hmm. When did you start the brand? And when did you think, okay, we're going to come to the table and do this different, do it better in a variety of ways? So I started working on it uh, during kind of like, I don't know when people call lockdown ended, but during COVID lockdown, I had had a lot of time. So I sold out of the first brand. My plan at the time was to travel with my wife, girlfriend at the time, who's a singer songwriter. I was going to follow her career around and decide where I want to go next in my career. And COVID said, no, you don't get to travel. (laughs) You're sitting in this place. Yeah. (laughs) And if you keep playing video games, you're going to be single. (laughs) So find something else to do with your time. And I, and I started thinking, uh, I just had, for me, it was, you know, I'm an introvert a lot. So that time was pretty easy. I was sitting there just with time to think Mm -hmm. and um, you know, financially stable. So I wasn't stressing out about stuff. Yep. And so I was just a really creative time frame. And uh, I started to just do experiments, yeah. not with um, a necessary end goal, but because I had questions um, that I didn't know the answer to. So I started, you know, buying chemicals, buying, you know, lab stuff off of Amazon. I couldn't get 
couldn't get paper towels, which are helpful to my experiments, <laughs> but I could get the rest of the lab, you know, the next day. Wow. And you know, started experimenting. And then, you know, I, I like to patent work when I know it's good. Yeah. So I started filing patents um, when I saw very good results. And, you know, I worked on those patents and worked on the technology for about a year, kind of deciding what I wanted to do, you know, because it's, I really love this industry, but there's, there's difficulties in this industry, a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of headaches that you have to deal with once you're live, um, whether it's, um, all sorts of stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I was like, do I want to go deal with those headaches? And then I decided I had to, because I really believed in the technology and, uh, you know, to, decided, okay, if I'm going to do it again, why am I doing it again? Yeah. You know, and for me at that time, you know, I'm going, everyone's wearing a mask. I'm going in the grocery store. I live in a, you know, more elderly community. So I'm seeing all these people with old hair in their masks. Yeah. I'm just seeing all this bad hair. And to me, the the mission felt unaccomplished. Hmm. So my goal was, you know, I need, if there's great technology and people aren't using it, mm-hmm. why aren't they using it? And if I have a new great technology, I have to solve all those questions of why people aren't using the technology. Yeah, that's cool. And so we spent a lot of time thinking about that. And then I started building a team and then it took, you know, was able to build a very experienced team pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, we're going to launch this thing faster than launched in the past. And then all the COVID supply chain stuff Got it. changed that. So it's say you want to order some bottles and it's like six months. Yeah. <laughs> Cardboard, six months. It just was pretty shocking time to, to launch a business. Yeah. But yeah, I really focused on why somebody wouldn't use bond repair technology and solve for part of it. And to me, some of it's time, right? You don't want to be, you don't want time. You don't want multiple steps. You don't want to have the option of using it wrong, you know? Sure. Because I describe this as the next generation of a technology. And when we look at our phones or other areas of technology, you know, the performance always goes up and we of course work on that, Yeah. but you want it to look better. You want it to be easier to use. You want, you want, when you hold, hold up the new phone, you want to know that it's better than the old one Yeah. without them telling you that it's a four gigahertz processor and X Ram or whatever. You just want to know. Yeah. Right. And so you work on all those spots for people to just kind of know when they use it. What were some of those answers and some of the things that you need to know about the brand that you solved for this next gen of technology? For the beauty professional, uh, one of the big advantages were acid-free. Okay. So the the first generation products of bond building are acidic. Copycats are acidic. Okay. Non-working ones are acidic where they just said, hey, we also have an acid and we're throwing it in there. Got it. And the problem with acid for the, the professional is your color, your bleach, the majority of your professional services are high pH. And if you add too much acid in, you lower the pH. Okay. which slows them down because they were designed to run at that pH and you now change it to a lower pH and now they're moving slower. Okay. And that that's something that hairdressers talk about as a need to bump developer or, you know, it's taking too long for the client to be in the chair. Okay. And, and these are reasons that, you know, the professional might not use it. Okay. And 
you know, most damage occurs from those processes, whether it's bleach or color. Mm-hmm. I talked about the elderly community that that I live in. They're going and getting their hair colored every two to three weeks. Yeah, true. So that damage from color is like really building up. Sure. And if they were having repair in every service, then they'd be in a better spot. So it's got to be, you know, something where you there's no risk to the service. Yeah. And you know, even if you mess up your measurements, right? Because not everyone's going to go in there. They're all told, everyone's told that you got to have a balance and you got to weigh it. And you don't know. When have you been in a salon and see somebody weigh something? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't happen. Not off the top of my head. I can't think of it. <laughs> and it's supposed to have happened every time you were there. Yeah. So it's not, it just, that's not the real world. Fair. And so you have to adapt the technology to the real world yeah. and not make the real world become scientists or technicians, right? Right. So let's talk a little bit, and I think you're gonna you're gonna be great at this, of course. Let's get into the nitty-gritty about the science behind it. Mm-hmm. So in layman's terms, talk to me about how this builds bonds, how it is the next generation of this category. Yeah. So I think of hair a little different than than other people like to. So my my background training is polymer science. Mm-hmm. And I think of hair as a big polymer hydro, hydrogel. So it swells with water or with okay. other solvents and it's cross-linked polymer chains. The polymers are the keratin okay. and they're really kind of tangled up like spaghetti. Okay. And when you see people like to simplify the, the drawings and put them all in like a perfect line, mm-hmm. that doesn't work. You wouldn't get stretch or bending if everything was laid out in a line next to each other, you need that 3D network to get the flexibility and the, and, the, and the twisting. And the thing that really holds all those chains together are disulfide bonds. Okay. So the cysteine uh, amino acid allows the nature to put those two uh, chains together. And there's, you know, billions of these bonds in your hair. Okay. So all through your hair, this is holding all the keratin together. Okay. And when you have chemical damage, your or heat or you know variety of mess, these chemical bonds are weaker than those keratin backbone bonds. So they break first. And so that's where your first sign of breakage is. So that's where we go in to fix. So we repair those bonds and, and fix them back the way they were. Got it. And so if you do that, then you don't lose keratin. So a lot of people like to have do protein treatments. And what you're having is all those disulfide bonds broke in a section. Okay. The keratin washed away. And now you're trying to patch keratin in. If you, with protein treatment, okay. if you repair those bonds all the time, you know, you're doing treatments, you're putting in your service, then you don't lose that keratin and you're, you're in a good spot and, and we can put those bonds back together. So that's really what we're focusing on. And those bonds help help with the flexibility of the hair. Okay. Um, and so we're not putting something additional on your hair that could stiffen it up. Okay. Because when you put a coating on your hair, that can be, get you something stiffer over time. Okay. So in, in that regard, why is your brand different than others out there on the market? What piece have you solved? Are the other brands just putting a coating on in layman's terms or... So m- most are putting a coating on. Okay. There are a couple. 
you know, like my past technology that does work. Big advantage that we have is we're the acid-free part. Our active molecules are liquid. Okay. So we use them as the solvent. So we're maximum concentration. So we're more concentrated than anybody else can be because their first ingredient is water. I see. So there's always, they're always significantly diluted. So we can get a higher concentration and a higher concentration leads to more repair. Okay. So that's how we get more repair in one step, whether it's a professional or at home. And then the liquid molecules give us a big advantage for the, the consumer product okay. that you know we spray and leave in. When you have a liquid, we that one we do dilute, dilute with water. Okay. Easier to get it around the hair. The excess water can evaporate, and then those liquid molecules are still liquid. Mm. So they can move around, and you can get a boost in your repair by leaving it in overnight. If you have a solid molecule, which most hair care products use, when the water evaporates, they return to being a solid, and they don't move around. Oh, interesting. So they can't do anything because they're just sitting there. You know, interesting. So, so that's a big advantage that we have to actually tell people, hey, you can leave this in as long as you want hmm. because it's going to continue to do do repair. And that goes back to one of the original things you wanted to solve: is why isn't everyone using this? And time was one of those, right? You're like, yeah, oh, I don't want to leave it on. I want to get in and out. I don't want to sit here for X amount of minutes. Mm-hmm. What What else does the technology solve? Back to the your initial. Your initial feelings. Well, one thing with the concentration, to your point about not wanting to do it, being really concentrated, you don't have to wash your hair beforehand. Okay. Because if we're really concentrated, we can get around, you know, the products that you already have in your hair, the dirt, the oil that from your scalp. So interesting. So a lot of people are saying, "Oh, you got to do our treatment, but you need to do a clarifying shampoo and then dry it and then the thing." For sure. And you go well. Our product's only 10 minutes, but here are these five steps you have to use beforehand. Right. Well, those five steps are zero time, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons I'm guilty. I don't always do it because I'm like, ah, shoot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's kind of an interesting solve. Talk to me about the professional treatment versus the consumer. You talked a little bit about the concentration levels, but um, if I'm a stylist listening, saying, why should I use Mm ePray? Give me the sales pitch. (laughs) <laughs> well, they're both the same base technology, but you're using them in different ways as a, as a hairstylist. So with the stylist, you're diluting the technology with your water-based service. Okay. Whether it's the bleach, the color, toner, you know, relaxer, they're all water-based, so you're diluting, diluting with water. Okay. The consumer product is we're using the same technology, but we're just diluting with water, whether it's out of your tap or a bottle or whatever you want to use. And you're doing the treatment, you know, on on just your hair. And you can do that in a salon as well. Okay. And you don't have to necessarily, as a stylist, use the spray. You could use an applicator bottle doing doing something at the at the back bar. Okay. But you know, the real difference is, you know, it's just so much faster for the professional as well. And it's it doesn't add any any time. So you the goal is not just preventing your client from having breakage, but having them actually leave with better hair. Yeah. So you can do things like just a toner treatment, you know, get your client to come back in in between services, put in their toner, do a quick 10 minute treatment, they're back out. Mm. You know, you want to use it in all services. So if you're doing the balayage, for example, mm-hmm. you of course would put it in your bleach, but you have the hair that you didn't put the bleach on. Sure. If you're going to tone it, you put it in the toner and then you treat the whole head at that time without additional steps. 
Interesting. The spray bottle can be useful in the salon for, you know, describe the, you know, that elderly client that's coming in for a root touch-up every two weeks, three weeks. You're going to, you know, want to put the product in your color and, and do the roots, but you could then take the spray bottle and spray all the ends and treat the ends while their color is processing huh. and, you know, send them out that way. Interesting. And that client's probably not going to do a treatment at home themselves because they're probably, you know, not washing their hair as much. They're coming into the salon to get their hair washed. So maybe, you know, they're going to want to do everything in the salon. And are you seeing visible results the first time? Like very noticeable A, B test, you can tell. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, I mean, I don't want to sell anything that doesn't have yeah. results on the first step because if they don't see it on the consumer doesn't see results on the first step then they're not going to do the second or the third step if it's a building technology. You really need to have it, have them go, oh, great, after one step. Got it. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, increasing revenue. So one of the things at the T's that we're really mm-hmm. um, kind of on a soapbox about is elevating the Salon Pro. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that can come with revenue, the perception of, you know, earnings. Talk to me about how the brand can help their clients and increase their revenue. Yeah. So one thing I think we do better than other bond repair is what's no added time. Okay. And since we perform better than them, you could charge the same price, but that's not, in my opinion, best for your actual end wallet. Mm-hmm. So I'm not charging more than the competitors because I have only the one bottle and I can compete and offer a better price to the salon. Okay. And my goal is every service. Mm-hmm. So if you take it and you put it in every service and, you know, I know this is a public channel, so I'm not going to give the professional price out, but it's extremely affordable, mm-hmm. right? You know, the price yep. it's extremely affordable to where it almost doesn't cost so much. If they charge, they put it in every client mm-hmm. and they only charge say $10 yeah. or $5. If you're in a, you know, in a spot that can only afford that. Well, if you do five clients in a day with color service and you did $10 add on, then you made $50 that day. Yeah. And you work five days a week, you make $250 a month, a week. Yeah. You can make an over a thousand dollars a month. Yeah. By putting in at every service and, right. and not, you know, not being greedy. Now, if you were going to charge $50, let's say, because it's as good as the other treatment that you charge $50, it's hard to get that many clients to sign up for. Yeah, true. And you're going to put out work that's not as good because not everyone's getting the best hair, which is going to affect your your ability to get more clients. Yeah. Right. If everyone's leaving with better hair, you're going to get more clients. And if you have it in every service at a lower price, you're going to actually make more money. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, a pretty simple math, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That it sounds like a huge benefit. We're always trying to increase our ticket price and and our wallet, like you said. And, you know, you could just up all your prices and put it in there, but sometimes you, you want to explain to your client, you know, maybe it's mandatory, but it's a mandatory $10. Yeah, sure. And then you can have it as a line item. You can see, you know, that you really are making money using the technology as opposed to, if you just up all your prices, you might not see that and understand it and right. um, leave in it. And then, you know, you can then sell them the consumer. That's what I was, my next question was, what about retailing? You're recommending that as well, salon level wise? We're recommending that as well. Yeah, because we recommend the treatment as weekly. So okay. one thing that 
being concentrated allows us to do is we sell concentrates. We sell a kit to get started, but then we sell concentrates um, here. Yeah, cute. And so you get them started. And then when they're back in, they're just buying this because because this will get them between salon visits, even doing weekly treatments. Okay. And that's easy to put in the purse. You're not trying to sell them a whole variety of products. Mm-hmm. And then that keeps their hair in a great spot. So first, you know, competition, you know, one thing I saw in the categories, everyone's selling just a little bit of product. Mm-hmm. And this is a little bit of product, but when it's mixed up, it's 300 mLs. It's a lot of products. Yeah. So you can be doing a lot of treatments. You can, you know, you tell your friend about it. Well, you don't have to just tell them. You can treat your friend mm-hmm. and and let them experience it. Yeah. And and so when you have a lot of product, you can be doing the regular treatments without it, you know, not waiting for the damage to build up yep. and keeping your hair in a great spot. So the analogy I give to skincare is you don't wait for zits to build up on your before you start washing your face and treating your face. Right. <laughs> right. So with your hair, you should be doing the same thing. You should be treating it and not waiting it for the damage to build up to do a treatment. Great point. And so we're providing the volume to do that. Wonderful. Talk to me a little bit about um, the name of the brand and then also the process from a branding perspective. I mean, it's mm-hmm. very, very well done, spot on, um, certainly an elevation of the category. Walk me through that process of building the brand, if you will. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I thought pe- why people weren't using bonding technology is because the products are ugly Okay, <laughs> across the board. Um, and you know, when I started in the category, I hadn't spent a lot of time in salons other than getting my haircut and I spent a lot of time in salons and people, you know, it's their family business Mm -hmm. and they invest a lot into it and they put a lot of time into making it look good. And if you want to have the best placement in that salon, you need to be attractive. Yeah. The only you know, products that have that good placements are like your Aura Bays that are attractive. Whether or not people like the product, it's there because it looks good, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, if you're going to perform, you need to look good. And then, you know, we took our time on that. Okay. You know, one of the brand, you know, to live for a long time. So we wanted timeless aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And some of that came influenced from the south of France, where some of my wife's family's from, and we spend some time and and look at, you know, the French brands that have been around for, you know, 50 to 100 years and yeah. aesthetics that they use that people still like. Um, so we, we did that, that part of it. Um, you know, we didn't want to be a Dr. Presley brand. So that that was like a, an eliminated name. Um, and so we started playing around with that. So we came up with a prey as a play on play on my name being Eric Presley. Yeah, that's cool. That took probably as much time as developing the products. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> but it uh, it was surprising because once you like find it, you're like, oh duh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's smart. I love it. It's really great. Yeah. And and with all that, you know, every new company has to fight. If you're gonna get a web page and you get all this stuff, you have to yeah. fight with everything that's coming out. So all that part's hard. So easier on the trademark process too, right? With a made up name, if you will. Yeah, it is definitely helpful. But, you know, that part gets harder and harder now too, because there's all this stuff that people come up with, you know? For sure. 
All right. Mm -hmm. Tell me what is next for the brand. Anything big that you can share with us? I can't share anything, but we do have new (laughs) products coming uh, next year and either later next year or into the next year. So we have... We have a product pipeline. Um, I'm excited about it. Right. Uh, it's it's a big part of the way we structured the company so that I can okay. still be working on products myself. Um, you know, obviously I have you know time to talk to you and to you know launch the brand in different countries, but uh, we structured the company so you know I, I have time to be uh, creative and, and be working working in the lab. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine you've got a couple things up your sleeve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean I have I mean new stuff is still happening. I have a backlog of technology from that early covid time. Okay. Um wow. Because to me the product pipeline um I'm taking cues from the music industry that my wife's in and how that's changed. Oh, interesting. Because, you know, if you went back 20 years music industry you released an album Mm -hmm. and it didn't matter you could have two songs on there that everyone listened to and you could have nine songs that nobody listened to but then everyone buys buys the album yeah and same thing with beauty brands you come out with 11 products well your retail your salon they have to buy all 11 products but they're really only selling two of them Mm -hmm. and and you do that well now the music industry they're with the streaming they're going straight to the singles and getting them out because you're not buying an album. So those nine songs that nobody listened to, well, those are just nine songs that nobody listened to. Yeah. So you put the hits out. And same thing with, you know, beauty is you focus on putting out the hits mm-hmm. because then you can get more, you know, you, you're being more responsible about what you're doing because yeah. you're not selling products that nobody wants. Mm-hmm. And, and you can reach a broader audience that way. Yeah. Amazing. I like the... The parallels. Very smart. (laughs) Can you tell all of our salon pros and prosumers that are listening where they can find the brand? Where can they check you out? We are in a variety of places. So we have uh, our own .com for professionals. We have local distribution throughout the country as well. They also have their their, um, beauty, their own websites as well. So there's reps and... You know, and they're different in, in all parts of the country. Um, and we will have, you know, more retailers in, in the future. Great. Can't talk about that yet, but we're expanding. And then if there's uh, listeners overseas, you know, we have we are in Western Europe now with the, you know, distributor in each each country there uh, of Western Europe. Wow. And then we are in uh, Southeast Asia and Australia and New Zealand. Wow. And more global expansion coming, I'm sure, right? Yeah, we're going slowly, mm-hmm. really building the trust because diversion is a really mm. important one. One of those headaches that I talked about, not, you know, whether or not I want to get back into the space. Yeah, for sure. And so our strategy is to, you know, choose people we trust. Yeah, for sure. And we're lucky enough to have the connections to know, you know, these people through either myself or through um, the colleagues that I built this great team with at the start that are very experienced. So we had trusted people to get started in these areas. And that's why we chose those areas as well. And that's, um, we're not yet in areas that are, 
known for diversion. Okay. You know, countries and stuff. Yeah. For that. So the goal is maybe we don't go into those countries for a while because the great market's strong there. And then it affects these countries that are doing a clean job. Well, now they have the dirty product coming in from another country. And so, right. you know, we have countries that we're happy with. We have a, a few more that we'll do early next year. Um, but, you know, we're kind of going controlled in that in that manner. Awesome. Sounds great. Anything else that you want to share with our listeners before we get to a little something we call the tease quick takes where we're going to talk a little bit about you versus the products. Okay. All right. Um, Easier, better, faster, more money in your wallet, better hair for your client leaving the salon every time. I love it. You know, that's, that's really what it's about. And, you know, being responsible for the planet is something that, so you know, knowing that we're a performer in this category, we're now we're going to perform. So being thoughtful on the forefront about our impact is something that we think about. Yeah. And we know it's important to a lot of people. And, and part of the goal is why we did biodegradable ingredients is mm-hmm. it's just a green thing that you use and you don't have to think about it. Yeah. It's a, you know, when you think about, okay, it's recycled packaging, you know, everyone's got that. We have that. Mm-hmm. But when they go into your bathroom most people don't have a recycling can in their bathroom true so it ends up going in the trash anyway Hmm. in a lot of homes so and then or if you don't use all the product because it's not good well then that also goes in the into the trash so just making sure you have a good product is is a way yeah to be greener and make sure the whole bottle gets used great point yeah wonderful all right now we're going to move into a couple questions that i have for you uh, called the T's Quick Takes. So the first one is, what was the first ever product that you owned? A beauty product or hair product? Do you remember the bottle? <laughs> that I owned myself? Yes. Probably the earliest one that I remember was probably like, you know, the big Tresemme shampoo and conditioner bottles. Yes. Because even when I was living in rural Illinois, I would use shampoo and conditioner, which is not normal for like a teenage boy, but I had a sister and yeah. we was in the same shower and I'm there and it was there. And I would do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I love the trust me. I'm still waiting for somebody to come up with um the Aussie, the purple kangaroo, right? That was not in Illinois in the nineties. So at least the part that I was. Yeah. No, it wasn't. All right. <laughs> Well, I grew up in rural Iowa, but my mom was a hairdresser. So we only ever had the Salon Pro goods in our shower. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I, w- I was on Illinois side of uh, the Quad Cities then. If you knew. Yeah. Yeah. And I was North Central Iowa. So, okay. you know, that Midwest nice carries through, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next one. Are you superstitious? And if so, about what? I am not very superstitious. Okay. It's uh maybe maybe the hard part of my my science um brain. Yeah. You're predictive. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well I I don't believe that there's not unknown stuff. Uh-huh. To me there's a lot of unknown and that's okay. And that's what okay. part of what science is is trying to like understand it and then accepting that there's so much that there's just a lot of stuff we're just not going to know. Yeah. That's okay. Good point. It's okay. Like we're not we're not meant to know everything, you know, or we don't have enough time to know everything. That's okay. We're just going to live with it. What we know is what we know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who would play you in a biopic of your life? Who is going to be the actor? 
They got to be around my age, probably. No, no, no. You can pick anyone. I mean, if it's Bieber, you can go there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Um, the guy from The Hangover that that's also in the. Um, yeah. Um, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. And in the Star is Born. Okay. I can see it. Yeah, Star is Born. <laughs> I can't sing, but, uh, you know, they can create a freedom in the biotic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you consider the ultimate comfort food? I really love fried chicken. Okay. Um, that was, that's pretty quick to go there. Yeah. I was, I was going to see if there was going to be a Midwest like meatloaf or something. I mean, there. <laughs> I know of a few places okay. that had really good fried chicken in, in the Quad <laughs> Cities. So that's it's home. One place near where my dad worked. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. All right. Last one. Say you are on a deserted island and can only bring three beauty products with you. What are you bringing? Sunscreen. Yes. For sure. <laughs> Maybe two sunscreens. Oh, okay. Uh, if I'm on a deserted <laughs> island. And then I would probably bring a shampoo bar. Okay. Um, because that could do all the cleaning. Okay. Because if it's good enough to clean your hair, it can clean the rest of your body. All right. Got it. Pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was a joy. So fun kind of peeking into your brain to understand. Mm -hmm. I mean, first how you disrupted the entire hair care industry, um, and continue to with your new brand. So congratulations on all your incredible success. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and it was great to chat. And a lot of fun for me as well. I mean, Jeff, that interview with Eric, right? I mean, so good. You want to talk about the heart of innovation and category disruptor? Mm. He did it. He did it in a big way. And, you know, he must love it. Sit at home. And I hope he reflects on all of that success because it's quite incredible science that he developed. Oh, such a good interview. As a reminder, everybody, Earlier this month, ePray celebrated its one-year anniversary, and they offered 15% off site-wide. They are extending that offer exclusively to all of you, our Volume Up listeners. For the next 48 hours, you can try ePray for 15% off using code VOLUMEUP, one word, all caps, on their site. Make it happen. Get into it. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tees, and sending questions to volumeup at thetees.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to Josh Landowski and Nathan Folks for the custom volume up theme song. And thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode. 